I'm here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. Kendall's story. I'm talking about the Black Widower, Randy Roth, part one. Content warnings are for child abuse, animal abuse, and outdoor sports. You can follow us on Instagram at Tell No One Podcast or drop us an email at tellnoonepod at gmail.com. Hi, Carly. We got your email and we loved it. It was very nice. Thank you. We yelled. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely Tell No One. Enjoy. Do I have a story to tell? And I'm just doing the best that I can to get it across because there's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, do the best you can. But I'm doing the best I can. Randy Roth was born on December 26th, 1954, one of five children of Gordon and Elizabeth Roth. They moved from North Dakota to Washington in the late 50s. Randy apparently bonded with his father more closely and remained in touch with him throughout his life while snubbing his mother. Snubbing. (laughs) The Roths were practicing Catholics, but they did divorce in 1971. All right. According to former girlfriends, Randy had developed a reputation by high school of being a bully and a punk who enjoyed playing cruel pranks on others. He was, here we go, dominating and controlling of his girlfriends. I'm going to leave that here. This is Randy. And he's giving... um. Brad Cunningham vibes of like me and my dad, like fuck my mom, that type of thing. Like my little mini misogynist from the jump. (laughs) Okay. So now we're zipping around to a woman named Janice Miranda. She lived in Texas with her mother and her dad lived in Arkansas. Her dad left her mom, Billie Jean, with her and like their four kids, like just abandoned their family. Her mom always had like three jobs. There's four of them. She's a single mother. Yeah, dude. Your dad abandoned me. Right. So later in her life, her dad would try to send her gifts and stuff. And Janice would be like, if you want to help, like start sending the back child support you owe my mom. Fuck you. Cool. Yeah. Like if you have money. Yeah. I don't want your gifts. Like you owe my mom. We need to pay rent. Right. Yeah. And like you made her life hell. So like, fuck off. Don't try to talk to me. Cool. Very cool. So that's the type of gal she is. Food was scarce in their house. Like it was just like a rough time. They're poor. Um, Janice married Joe Miranda when she was 18 in 1971. Uh, Joe was in the army and they were transferred to Germany where their daughter Jolina was born in 1973. When they returned to Texas, Janice was working at several jobs, but you know, the romance fell out of their marriage. Yeah, you got married at 18. They got married at literally 18. Understandable if you both are like, maybe we're not each other's lifelong partner. Right. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. So they separated in late 1975 and were officially divorced in 1976. Party. It was not hostile. They just parted ways. Yeah. Cool. So here is 24-year-old Janice with being a single mother, just like her mom. Joe paid them $250 a month in child support, but she still found herself working two, three jobs just like her mother had. Yeah. Um, She loved to dance and she was interested in becoming a professional disco dancer. Can that be? Not anymore. They moved often. She would move to Texas, to California, to Washington. And her and Jelena were very close, like probably like weirdly close because she would tell her things that like Jelena probably didn't need to know, you know, like a little too best friendy vibe because Jelena was so young. A little like us against the world. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, how am I going to pull my weight, mom? I'm a fucking kid. I'm a literal kid. Um, She would say to her friends like Jelena and I have no secrets between us. And it's like, there might should be. (laughs) There might should be. (laughs) (laughs) Is she a teenager now? No. She's a little kid. She's like five. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we're not best friends. I'm your mother. When she was married to Joe, she used to be a Jehovah Witness. 
she stopped doing that but she was still pretty like too religious hard. literally just too hard to keep it up too annoying too annoying yeah too joyless too yeah they couldn't celebrate birthdays come on she had a bestie named louise um and sometimes they would like share bank accounts Ooh. and they would like move around together like if louise moved to washington she was like well i'm gonna come to washington with me and Jelena. like it's happening but you know janice is young she's 24 yeah she wants a man yeah, so Louise moved to Seattle in 1979, and Janice followed a few months later, and they found an apartment across the street from her, and then they started a podcast. No, I'm <laughs> um, She got a job at a pediatric clinic, but all of her savings were gone, basically, from moving. So they had no furniture, and they were her and Jelena were like sleeping in sleeping bags in their apartment before they could afford furniture. Why is she moving? She thinks like life will be better in different places. Like they yeah. moved to California and then she got there and was like, oh, it's still hard. Some of your issues don't sound like they're geographic. It sounds like it's just your life yeah. is hard. I don't know what she, I think maybe she was just like, I could get paid more out there or like it would be easier to just have one job. But that never really turned out to it be the case. It never works out. Okay. So she starts, she gets um, a job in the pediatric clinic and also has a night job at Kmart. So she's like, where is my prince? Will someone come and take care of me? Yeah. She joins a group called Parents Without Partners. And in the New Year's, there's a New Year's Eve dance thrown by Parents Hi. Without Partners. Stop behaving like that. I know. Like, you're not children. No. Don't have like a, don't have a homecoming. But dance. she literally is like 25. It's sad. <laughs> it's for sure sad. So she goes to the dance and it's the last day of 1980, baby. Predictably... There are, like, way more women there than men. So, like, the men are hot commodities. Yeah. So, a man named Randy comes and asks her to dance. He's got a nice mustache. He's handsome and young, looked no more than 25. Uh, he told her, in fact, he had just turned 26 on December 26th, last week. He said he had been married once, and his divorce was final on May 20th of this year, and that he had a little three-year-old boy named Greg. Um, so they had something in common. She's like, I'm a single parent. Yeah. He's not going to think I have like too much baggage because he also has baggage. Well, that is why we're trying to meet at one of these mixers. Right. So he asked for her number. Um, Louise is like, girl, don't be too fast with this. You know, let's just like see how this goes. But this seemed to be her dream come true. He confided in her about being in the Marine Corps in Vietnam. Aye. So he was like, I am very traumatized. Yeah. She would come into her pediatric clinic work with like beaming with flowers and like love notes. Huh. He had a steady job as a diesel mechanic. He was renting a place with the option to buy. So she's like, nice. Yeah. Uh, she quit smoking because he said he hated it and hoped that he would never find out that she ever smoked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she does meet Greg. She loves baby Greg. <laughs> baby Greg, you're fucking kidding me. Um, Louise is this again saying like, you're going pretty fast here, girl. Like, yeah. no rush. Like, we don't know him that well yet. Right. Right. She says, you don't know him well enough, literally. And... Janice says, I know enough to know that I want to marry him and live with him for the rest of my life. <laughs> we are funny. <laughs> She's like, I know that much. The times that we will just like blindly trust men for no goddamn reason, really against all like logic, uh, logic and survival skills. Yeah. <laughs> just constantly like, shut up. Shh. Yeah. Like, we're telling my our, inner our little reptilian brains like, shut the fuck up. So in February 1981, so they met at a New Year's Eve party. It is now February. We're like, we're two months in. She comes into work with an engagement ring. Yeah. And she's like, guys, he's going to take care of me. 
oh, he's going to dominate your life. They get, Is that it? They get married on March 13th. They move into oh Randy's. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, three months. Barely. Two and a half. Yeah. February short. February short. <laughs> Was it a leap year? Fuck. <laughs> they move into his rented house. At his urging, she quit her job to be a stay-at-home mom. Okay. Okay. I'm already like... What, you're housebound? I don't know. So she's feeling guilty that she doesn't have anything to contribute financially to the household. Uh, If you're being the full-time mom, you're contributing everything in the world. Yeah. He said that he had a $250,000 life insurance policy on his life and that she was the beneficiary. Uh Uh-huh. So just like know that, Janice, if you maybe feel like you should do the same for yourself. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm hearing that. So three weeks after they get married, Janice applies for a daycare license and opens like a childcare center in their house. Okay. Um, God, hell on earth. I know. Uh, Randy is making $14 an hour in 1981. I'd like to say that's not bad. I'm making $14 an hour. Exactly. So I'm like, wow, we need change. Wow. We need change. (laughs) (laughs) Janice tells BFF Louise that someone stole her car. Oh. And Louise is like, really? Like, who would steal your car? No offense. Like, it's not like, <laughs> no, not a lot of people are like in the market for an early 70s Ford Pinto. Who took your junker? So she's like, who took your junker, Jan? And Janice was like, um, I don't know, like being kind of dodgy about it. Dude, what happened to your car? Um, Dude, where's your car? <laughs> Dude, where's your car? We don't know, but they did collect insurance money from the missing car okay we have a game just saying so that randy is like deep in the insurance fraud game randy loves insurance and we yeah. will come to learn we've covered bell gunners uh-huh. like people who love insurance will also kill yeah oh, at yeah. some point or another yeah <sighs> so janice was deliriously happy in the beginning of her marriage mm. but as to be expected, Louise was the first to know that things were not very blissful anymore. Mm-hmm. Almost immediately after their wedding, Randy had cooled off sexually. And he said that intercourse was painful for him because he had an infection that was a result of his vasectomy. Oh. And she was like, say no more. An infection. That like is incurable, I guess. Yeah, go to the doctor. <laughs> you have an infection? Yeah. An active you're currently, infection. Um, also, like, you're 25 and you have had a vasectomy? I guess. You hate being a dad, huh? Greg is enough. <laughs> Greg is enough. Have you wow. met Greg? Um, Janice discovered that Randy was very close to a woman named Lily, who um, was babysitting Greg. So just know that. Yeah. Did Janice stumble into an insurance fraud team already going on? No. Okay. But good thought. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I've seen enough like Adam's family movies to be like, right. oh, fuck, are you a couple who's scamming a family? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So he was very close to this woman named Lily who um, was married and also babysat Greg. And she has like a teenager name. Right. A woman named Lily. <laughs> <laughs> a grown woman named Lily. Um, Jelena also tells her mom that when they'd go pick up Greg from Lily's house, he'd make her stay in the car and would be in there for hours. Ow! <laughs> No. Well, I mean, bare minimum, you got my kid in the car for hours. What? (laughs) (laughs) He's not even trying to be quick. No. Oh, no. So she brings this up to Randy and he's like, Lily just like wants my attention. Lily can't tell time. She's a dumb little bitch. I'm sorry. (laughs) So three months into their marriage, Janice is starting to worry that Randy is indeed seeing other women. Yeah, dude. 
she would argue with herself, like, am I just being insecure? Every But everything was so different after their wedding. The love bombing had stopped. That too, like that occurred to me. So immediately you're getting like cards, flowers, yep. marry me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as you are legally his wife, he doesn't care about you anymore. It's almost like he's like not getting too attached to you as a living person. Exactly. <laughs> So she tells her friend Louise, like, I think things are kind of off. And Louise is like, is he hitting you? Right. No, not yet, Louise. But keep your eye on that. Thank yeah, you. Like, keep that in your mind. Janice had never met his mother, but they had seen his dad, Gordon, and his stepmom a few times um, at their house in southwest Washington. They went camping up at Beacon Rock State Park where they lived. And Randy suggested they hike up Beacon Rock. But it seemed to be more of a mountain. <gasps> Janice said she was terrified of hikes but randy said there were easy trails that even the children could manage yeah uh, i will stop you there so she agreed and you she did it and she was relieved when they returned home to seattle like i didn't die yeah and, <laughs> and randy was shocked right they start looking at homes um they get a va loan to buy a house because he was in the marines at least um, that's true yeah so they buy this house janice is thrilled now she's kind of having a little bit of she feels a little guilty for shit-talking her husband to Louise because she's like, well, things are going well now. Sure. But she did discover that his job was actually part-time instead of full-time. <laughs> what? How does he fill his day? I don't know. He fixes cars a lot. Okay. Okay. Do you fuck other people a lot, too? He's at Lily's for hours at a time. Yeah, like, that alone... Where does the time go? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't we have to be home for dinner? Or yeah. don't we have to do... Don't the kids have soccer? Or what's right. going on? So Randy makes an appointment with an insurance agent. On September 26, 1981, identical insurance policies were issued for both of them. And they would go into effect in November. Um, their neighbors were secondary beneficiaries in case something happened to both of them. Okay. Um, on October 12th, 1981, Janice sends a letter to her mom back in Texas saying... He has many very good qualities. Sometimes his drawbacks are due to his years in Vietnam. You probably wouldn't believe the things he had to do there. It's either you or the enemy. Okay, Jan. <laughs> if you don't know what you're told, if, if you don't do what you're told, you go to the stockade. Okay. So many guys got fucked up in Nam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like me. <laughs> she also sent his height and weight. Oh, well, my mom would ask that. <laughs> She does say, unfortunately, they only go out dancing once every six weeks now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's barely a husband. Yeah. And she does end it by saying, sometimes I ask myself, is love really worth it? Oh, fuck. She does not explain what it means. Yeah. What are you what are you sacrificing? Right. Um, cutie pie that she's saying her mom a letter. I know. A letter. Yeah. Halloween 1981. Randy and his friend Nick take their kids trick or treating. And while they're up at the door, he goes, hey, Nick, could you kill your wife? <gasps> and Nick's like, no. What? And he's like, well, I mean, under certain circumstances, like if you had to. Yeah, but who has to, mate? Well, if we were invaded, what if the Russians were coming and you knew she was going to be raped? Would you kill her to save her from that fate? Janice asked me to do that if that happened. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wait. The Russians are invading in this scenario? And torturing her. Yeah. And they're finding your wife, Randy. They're coming to your home, Randy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick shrugged this off as Halloween spookiness. No, Nick. But it stuck with him. Yeah, dude. Nick, don't shrug that off. Right. I could kill my wife if they were a commie in the room. You're (laughs) fucking... 
fucking kidding me? Um, Louise could sense something was off with her friend. In the seven months she'd been married, she had been drained of her life force. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, she finally admits to her friend that she might have made a mistake in marrying Randy. You know what, though? Like that, too. That it is hard to admit I made a mistake. People oh, were yeah. right. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And like, I brought my kid into this. Like, yeah. Oh, and people were telling her, you know, maybe take it easy. And she yeah. was like, no, uh, I know better than you. Right. And it turns out like maybe they were right. That That is like tough to admit. She had no money. No, she wasn't working, obviously. <sighs> was worried that she'd have no claim to the house if she walked away from it. So she's kind of screwed. Yeah. Damn it. All right. November, early November, 1981. Friend Nick is sensing bad vibes. Yeah. It has been like days since he said that thing about killing his wife. Yeah. Right. So Randy asks Nick to drive him to work because he was leaving on a hunting trip and didn't want to leave his car at work overnight. Okay. Nick did that. And after he dropped Randy off, he drove the car back to their house where Janice was. He stopped in to say hi to Janice and Janice goes, I'm really scared of dying. Oh God. And Nick is like, Huh? And she's just crying and inconsolable. Oh and my god! How did Nick get in the middle? He's, ju- I, I, he's he just leaves. Oh god, Nick. Yeah, I maybe wouldn't know what to do either, but I think I'd I'd ask a follow up. Yeah, I'd say she wouldn't answer. Hey, what? Yeah, she wouldn't uh, explain herself. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. November 25th, Janice asks Jelena to come talk with her in the bedroom. She says, you know, I love you and I want to stay with you forever. Oh, fuck, Jan. Are you going to fucking commit a ritual suicide? What are we doing? If I'm not here, I want you to know I have some money put away for you. She showed her a hiding place, like a drawer in a cabinet and a white envelope taped to the top of the cabinet drawer, like full of cash. Wow. Like go money. Yeah. And she's like, I want you to come in here and hide it if something ever happens to me. So what are we planning, everybody? So um, yeah, anytime that you have to have like a a secondary plan for like when everything in my home goes fucking haywire. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you seen the 2001 J-Lo movie enough? No. We'll be doing that soon. That uh, is my Amadeus. <laughs> J-Lo? J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Thanksgiving time. And they're going to go see uh, Randy's father and stepmother for Thanksgiving. So it's the day after Thanksgiving now. They're still up visiting. And Randy and Janice want to go Christmas shopping together. So they didn't end up going shopping, though, because later Randy would say that Janice begged him to change their plans to go hiking alone up Beacon Rock. She begged him to? Yes. I barely made it out with my life the first time we hiked. Yeah. All right. Cut to a group of hikers see a man running up and down a trail, yelling and screaming something incomprehensible. My God, my wife has fallen. He's screaming 15, 20. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, The group goes down the hill and calls for emergency services. Of course, it is very difficult to find her because I shoved her into a little ravine. Right. (laughs) Okay. Randy points out an area from about 200 feet. <laughs> Randy closed his eyes, pointed to an entire... <laughs> She's over there! <laughs> he points out an area about 200 feet from the top of Beacon Rock <laughs> and said that his wife Janice had slid over and off at that point. What on earth? He said they had been taking a shortcut, one that they had taken before. They had crawled over the fence. She started to slip. He tried to reach out. 
He tried to climb down as far as he could, but was unable to find her. He thought maybe he could run down the hill and come up from the bottom and find her. He couldn't find her. So he said he ran back up the hill to find the hikers that he had passed earlier. There are searchers looking. They pinpointed the area where someone would have landed if they had fallen from where he said they did. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she wasn't there. They bring in helicopters, of course. He says that she's in a bright pink jacket. And this is when he starts dropping like, Janice was just begging to go hiking today. Like, she really wanted to be alone with me. Uh-huh. She said it'd be really romantic. I don't know. A guy who is like, I mean, not even grieving yet, but still in the process of like, find her, help yeah. her. She's a, she's alive, of course. Yeah. I can't accept that she's dead. Yeah. So that guy is already setting up his own like alibi. Yeah. Kind of like, he's like, oh. Jan. Oh, Jan. Crazy how this is your fucking fault. fault. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Okay. Um, I get that he's acting kind of erratic and, and wild, like running up and down. Like, yeah. let me go look here. Let me look here. Yeah. Tricky though, because like, I guess if you were legitimately, if your loved one fell, yeah, you would be kind of like Crazy. a chicken with your head cut off. Yeah. You would be kind of like, I have no idea what to do. Right. It is interesting how he acts here. Yeah. But they do eventually catch a glimpse of pink in a thatch of timber. And this means that she would have had to have fallen at a 45 degree angle from where her husband said she went over. I love this shit. So he's standing up with the police and the medics are radioing the police who are next to him. Yeah. And they're asking for an IV. So they're like, is she alive? Right. The undersheriff said that Randy looked genuinely relieved and elated to hear that she might be alive. Oh, wow. 15 minutes later, however, she was confirmed to be dead and he began to sob. He asked to view her body, and he said, her face doesn't seem so badly damaged as I'd expected. And he turns to the paramedic and says, she didn't smoke. She didn't drink. That's the reason I married her. And he repeated that three times. That she didn't smoke Smoke or or drink. drink. Um, What? (laughs) I cannot tell. Is he just running running a little performance here of like, I don't know. I loved my wife. She was so healthy. She was right. Yeah. She would have lived forever if she hadn't insisted on this fucking hike. Yeah. Him being elated or seemingly elated when she might've been alive. Yeah. How do we explain that? I don't know. Just like he's like playing it cool, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they were searching for him to look like, (gasps) you know? Yeah. I'm sure that like, you know, the role you're going to play. Right. 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 And the role is of course, Oh my God, she's alive. Thank God. Right. They gave him her wedding rings and he's like, what about that gold necklace she was wearing? (laughs) They were like, we didn't find that. That fell off her neck when she fell down the mountain. Down the cliff. Yeah. What about the gold necklace she was wearing? Huh? Hey, Lock him up. Lock him up. So the ambulance driver was actually a retired homicide cop. And he was like, this is kind of sus. Yeah. They bring her to a funeral home and he has her cremated on the spot. Yeah. ASAP. I actually want to watch you do it. He said that's what she would have wanted and that they had previously agreed that lavish funerals were a waste of money. Uh-huh. He's an unmarked grave. Uh, The whole family, because they're, they're out of town like... For Thanksgiving. So, like, the kids are... His kids, her kid, are all with his parents right now. Okay. And, like, cousins and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all back at home, and Randy calls and says, um, <laughs> come meet us out for dinner for pizza. What? So he, they, no. What? Come meet us for dinner? Come... Say it again. Come, come meet us for pizza. 
meet us at this restaurant. So they are all sitting in the restaurant and they're like, where's Janice? Like, what's going on? He doesn't really say anything, but they're like, no, seriously, where's Janice? So he, um, what are you trying to tell me right now? He slides the receipt for her cremation across (gasps) the table. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to come back into my body right now. Um, Uh is her family and his family? No, not her family. Well, her daughter's there as if he were like offering them to like, by their home and this is yeah, this is like, a number i'm willing to he go slides to. it over oh you look at that you look at that <laughs> of course her daughter's like five years six or seven years old she doesn't really understand what that means sure and i'm sure that he is like writing off that weird gesture uh-huh. as like i'm trying to talk to the adults without, yeah. the, ki- without the kids hearing me he like, says i've never been good at delivering bad news yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh no, dude. I've never been good at delivering bad news. Yeah. But have you ever talked to a person? (laughs) But you've talked to people before, right? (laughs) You know how to speak, right? Yeah, but you're a person, huh? Okay. Yeah. So Jelena does not understand. So she keeps asking him throughout the night, like where her mom is. I'm going to need you to tell me flat out where's my mommy dude well he sits her down and he says that her mom had fallen and was recovering in the hospital why (laughs) so she expected her mom to come home in a day or two why is he dragging out the death for her mother like what (laughs) an hour ago he told he told her she she'll be at dinner tonight What are you fucking thinking? An eight-year-old girl. What are you thinking? Dude, I don't know. (laughs) Rip the fucking band-aid off. Right. I'm fucking done. (laughs) (laughs) He's like putting her through a long protracted death for her mother. Yeah, when really it was it was real fast. Oh okay, so the next day he starts making his phone calls. He calls their insurance agent and is like, Hey, I want to file a claim. And he's like, Yeah, you have to have a death first. He's like, Oh no, yeah, she died yesterday. And then he's like, What? Okay. Okay, yeah. So random people are like, You're not leading with the death. The death. Or you're not leading with what normal people would, which yeah. would be like, Hey, she died. My wife died. Yeah. What do I do for insurance? Right. Nope. But he's just like, Hey, I'd like to file a claim. I'd like to file a claim. They're like, for what? And he's like, my bitch wife she died. died. And he's like, he like mutters condolences and is like, okay, well, I'll need her death certificate and her social security number. Yeah. She had been dead for 20 hours. Yeah. To me, it is already like, I'm so sorry. No funeral. You cremated her like within the hour. Yeah. And now <laughs> the receipt. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and now you're looking for the payout from her death. Yeah. Within the day. And her daughter doesn't think she's dead. Have you called her mom no, yet? he never does. He called the insurance company before her family? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, pretty much, I could pretty much wrap this one up. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I need her social security number. I'll just call her old job and see if they have it. So he calls the pediatric office. She died yesterday. She died yesterday. Um. He calls the office and is like, hey, does she... um?" Do you have her social? And they're like, yeah, but like, doesn't she know it? And he's like, she had an accident and she had to be helicoptered off the mountain. And they're like, well, is she alive? Hangs up. (gasps) We hung up. Yeah. Why won't he just tell people she died? He doesn't like being the bearer of bad news. Dude, then don't push women off a cliff. (laughs) Don't push women off cliff. (laughs) You can't handle it. So Jelena still thinks that her mom's in the hospital, but they start packing up to head back to Seattle. 
Angelina's like, can we go see her in the hospital? And he's like, she can't have visitors. Like, let's just drive home. Oh, dude, what are we doing? Yeah. He didn't call anyone. He didn't call Louise. Oh, my God, Louise. He didn't call Jelena's father. Didn't call Janice's mother. What do we think is going to happen here, dude? He stopped by Louise's house to pick up the mail that she had been getting for them while they're out of town and didn't say anything. What are you talking about? (laughs) So he's trying to move on the following day. You know what it is? Like he doesn't even have the emotional um, energy. Like he put on the show to put on the show of grief. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's trying to act like she died a year ago already. Yeah. Like everyone move on. Oh my God. Everyone get over it. Oh my God. She died a day ago. You can't, we're not there yet. Yeah. You got to play along. Yeah. Um, friend Nick calls and it's just like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, Janice is no longer with us. And so Nick rushes over and is like, are you okay? He's like, leave. Everything's fine. Oh my God. Yeah. So he calls all the daycare moms who, um, Janice usually watches their kids. Yeah. And she will not be doing that. Um, you'll just need to find someone else to watch them on Monday. Monday. Didn't, Didn't mention she's dead and will never watch their kids again what is gonna happen on monday when or tuesday, tuesday. <laughs> so he goes to church on sunday with their kids and a friend's like hey where's your better half and he's like she's dead she died and like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about this is really fucking mean mm-hmm. the way he's like forget about her yeah fuck her forget 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 yeah no so he didn't tell louise until that sunday until she was like look at me where the fuck is my friend yeah and he's like I, i'm sorry i just can't deliver awful news okay that is like oh my god i like i hate calling out of work i email instead <laughs> this is like no your wife died you gotta say it dude you gotta fucking t- tell people it was louise who ends up telling janice's mom and yeah janice had been dead for three days and before her mother found out oh my god so at uh, this point i mean the jig is up for jelena she does know that her mom is dead now okay so she fought, she goes and finds the envelope that her mom had pointed out to her just th- like four days before. I forgot about the envelope. So she takes it and she was headed towards her room when Randy stops no. her and asks what's in her hand. Jelena, get in there and get out. Jelena explains that her mom had told her to find it and keep it. No, Jelena. He grabs it, looks for it and says, this is something else she's been hiding from me. Oh. I think I should take this, Jelena. I'll keep it and use it to buy you presents. Oh, fuck you. Jan, you should have clarified and don't tell Randy. Right. Sorry, girls. Clarify who the enemy is, girls. Right. right. Yeah. Jelena's dad, Joe, comes to pick her up because he's like, your mom died. I'm your dad. Yeah. I'll be your dad now. Randy does not give her anything of her mother's and she never heard from him again and never got any of the money. Wow. Wow. January 1982. A detective comes to talk to Randy about this, and he repeats again that she had insisted to hike that day. And if only he had resisted her crazy romantic impulse, he would still have her. Uh Uh-huh. If only she weren't a dumb bitch, she'd still be here today. Yeah. But they were having difficulty finding any evidence that saying her death was not an accident. I mean, I guess that is the thing. No witnesses. Cliff. It is like, uh, I lost my footing or someone gave me a bump. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they didn't mean to bump me, but they bumped me. Like, fuck. Yeah. If I had to kill, would it be like that? Oh, it's too too awful. (laughs) No. So he applies to receive social security payments for Jelena and Greg because he's like, Jelena's in my custody. She's just out of town. You fucker. Yeah. 
And luckily for him, Greg was Janice's stepson just long enough for him to qualify for survivor's benefits as well. Oh, wow. Almost as if we waited till that day hit. Right. And um, their insurance went to effect in November as well. Their life insurance. Wow. Okay, everybody. Social Security eventually discovers that Jelena is not living there. So he does have to pay back the money that he got. Yeah. And I think we should also take a look at why did he lie? Why did he lie? Why you lying? He said that he was in the process of trying to get her in his custody. Okay, but she's not, right? But she's not. And why? So be forthright, you freak. Yeah. He sells their house. In March 1982, he receives the $100,000 from the insurance policy. Hate that. <laughs> he turns to Lily once again, the former babysitter for comfort. Girl, you know you don't care. So just know that. May 1984, he sells the house and buys another one. And he meets his new neighbors, Ben and Marta Goodwin. Um, They had a boy named Ryan, the same age as Greg, so they would hang. But Ryan goes to his parents and is like, can Greg come over after school? Because his mom fell off a cliff and his dad works all day. They find (laughs) out. (laughs) My mom fell off a cliff. My my dad works all day. (laughs) My dad works all day. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like they're the same. Like they're equally annoying (laughs) to Greg. So like, that's why I'm home alone. (laughs) And also... Greg's biological mother was a woman named Donna. So just okay. Not. We talk about her later, kind of. But <laughs> no one really meets her. Actually a genius summary. He's he's concise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah. Okay. But Ben and Marta are like, so the six year old's like home alone all day and night? Yeah unloved unwanted and in everyone's way so he goes over ben goes over and like confronts randy's like you can't be having your fucking kid here alone yeah and he's like i don't have any choice i'm a widower so eventually they work it out and marta ends up watching greg after school okay um ben says that randy would bring up vietnam a lot which is weird because ben wanted to forget his time in vietnam (laughs) about to say because people who were in vietnam never bring up vietnam (laughs) that's like kind of their thing so they become really good friends they describe randy as like super active and like a really helpful neighbor okay (laughs) they they mentioned to him that like they want this tree like kind of felled in their yard he's like oh that tree you want that taken down he jumps off their porch and swings from the branch until it collapses. What? Okay. There are people who are like not sincerely kind. Yeah. Are always trying to like do displays of like why I'm good to have around. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? One day they do notice that Greg forgot to take the trash out. Greg's seven. <laughs> I think. I mean, this is years, this friendship and like relationship with sure. neighbors. So he, but he's not more than like 10. Yeah. But like the, the implication being that like if it. <laughs> Sorry. If it's going to get done, Greg's got to do it. And if it didn't get done, Greg forgot. Greg forgot to take the trash out. (laughs) So, as punishment, Randy dumps the bins all over the cul-de-sac and has Greg pick up all the trash on his hands and knees in the rain. Oh, no! He forgot one piece, so he dumped them all out all over again. No, yeah. you can't be that mean to kids. Yeah, you're not allowed to. Right. And why do you want to be? He's really mean to Greg, unfortunately. Damn. And he had like tra- his stepmom died. Like, and remember, my mom fell off a cliff. Right. Why did we forget? And like, I take care of myself all, all my goddamn life. <laughs> yeah. So one day, Randy gets a call that Greg did not turn his in his homework. 
Okay. Who is calling Greg's family? You know they're right? fucking rude. Right. So he calls so Randy calls Ben and says, Can Greg sleep over your house tonight? I'm I'm like worried that I'll like do something to him. I'm so pissed off. Oh my god. So Greg shows up <laughs> with a suitcase. <laughs> On their front door. <laughs> it's just so awful. Yeah. It is like so awful. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, to be so angry at your kid mm-hmm. about fucking anything that you're like, I might fucking hurt them today. Yeah. Dude, you, you need wanna... to go talk to people. The kicker is Greg had done his homework. He was just too scared to turn it in for it not to be perfect. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Gosh, Greg. I know. Oh, my God. I know. Okay. Greg is is tearing me apart. Greg is sad. (laughs) That is the saddest little thing I've ever heard in my life. I figured it was going to be perfect. So he didn't hand it in. Oh, my God, Greg. Okay, so here's the thing. So it's still, it's, it's still that night, but Randy calls Ben and is like, you know what? I'm cooled off. Like, I can take... No, take Greg back. I don't think you should. And Ben's like, are you fucking sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. No, I don't think you should. Well, Greg forgot. To f- Fuck you. <laughs> what? Greg forgot to flush the toilet that night. Fuck. So Randy dunked his head <gasps> in it and flushed it several times and then kicked him in the stomach so hard he vomited. Ryan, his friend, the Ben and Martin's son mm-hmm. told the school the next day yeah um so cps started watching and but that's it and watching just like keeping an eye were we not already right no the trash no nothing oh my god he called over can i actually have my kid back i want to punish him yeah right now yeah ew he called over to get him back so he could in that moment act out his fucking rage on him yeah oh no greg i'm so sorry i know it's awful this is a really awful thing as well um the one of the neighbor's cats left paw prints on randy's freshly waxed car so he duct taped it to the owner's driving shaft so when the engine was turned on it was dismembered sorry yeah he captured a cat yeah taped it to yeah and then it like exploded kinda yeah you learn that in Nam? Seriously. Uh, so this whole time, he lent his friend Nick like $5,000, and he had not really been paying it back. And so he was like getting annoyed with this, but suspiciously, yeah. Nick's house was burgled, and he was able to pay him back in full with the insurance money. Oh, Nick. So Nick. Also, he's putting Greg up to doing this fucking disgusting... Like, they'll go to parks and... Greg will walk up to women like, will you go out with my daddy? Ew. uh, It's like literally disgusting. I just don't know how. Where's where's the real mom? Where's the bio mom? Bio mom um, is named Donna and she's somewhere in the wind. We don't really know. I mean, I guess I'd run from him too. Right. But God damn it. We can't leave Greg with this guy. I know. It's no good. (laughs) Okay. um, I think we've had enough bad guy behavior for today. We will pick this up where we left it in a few days. A lot more bad guy behavior, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stop. They never do. <laughs> um, feel free to absorb the information we've given you thus far. Feel free to share it. Um, as the right you heard, it's on that one. Bye. Bye.